January, February, March, and April. May, June, and July. August, September, October, November, December. These are the months of the year. Fill them with joy and with cheer. So went a cute and helpful little ditty my second grade teacher used to play on a boombox in class to help us remember the months of the year. To this day, I can still hear the music in my head, and it's one of the fonder memories I have from my elementary school days. Of course, the older you get, the more important the calendar becomes. With adulthood comes added responsibilities of which scheduling and balancing one's schedule become crucial to juggling the million and one things most of us do in a year. In short, the calendar plays an integral role in our lives. But where does it come from, and how did this system of timekeeping become the standard throughout the world? I'm Chester Sakamoto, your host, and welcome to the History Loves Company podcast, because history is shaped by all of us. There are seven days in a week. There are 52 weeks in a year. A year has 365 days, with the exception of leap years, which tag on an additional day at the end of February every four years. The aforementioned information is pretty much common knowledge throughout the world, but how is it that we arrived at such precise and accurate information? The seven-day week is attributed to the Babylonians, who, in the 6th century BC, introduced the concept to their record-keeping, and was later adopted by such diverse civilizations as Egypt and Rome. For the 365-day year, the Mayans of Mesoamerica are to thank. Their highly sophisticated calendar, which relied heavily on the movements of the sun and moon as well as the position of the stars, first conceived of a 365-day year as far back as the 2nd or 1st centuries BC. By the time the Europeans caught up with their calendrical system, System, it was discovered that they had, in fact, been correct in their calculations. In short, such methods for measuring time are nothing new, but how did we arrive at the standard calendar we use today? The first calendar that was adopted for widespread use in the West was the Julian calendar. Proposed and conceived by Julius Caesar, hence its name, in 46 BC, it measured out the year with 365.25 days basically what we have today with an additional six hours. Just like the calendar we use today, it too boasted 12 months, with an additional day every four years. But what made this calendar so revolutionary in its time was that it measured the year through the movements of the sun. Up until the emperor's proposal for a new calendar, most societies in antiquity based their calendrical systems on lunar cycles. The Jewish calendar, for instance, which is still in use today, is a lunar calendar, as are those of both the Persians and the Chinese. So accurate was Caesar's innovation that it was in use for over 1,600 years. By the late 16th century, however, some of the more learned men in Europe, particularly those in the Catholic Church, began noticing discrepancies in the Julian system. At the time, the Pope, and therefore the Vatican, still held a considerable amount of power and sway over Western Europe. They could make or break monarchs with whom they disagreed, the most famous example of this being King Henry VIII of England's excommunication in 1530, after requesting a divorce from his wife, Catherine of Aragon. So when, in 1582, the then-Pope, Gregory XIII, issued a decree to propose a new calendar, it was taken quite seriously by most of the crowned heads of the day. Pope Gregory was born Ugo Boncompagni in Bologna, Italy in 1502. As he was of the nobility, he was given a full education and chose to study law. He taught jurisprudence to cardinals and bishops for some years before he himself took holy orders. At the age of 36, he was summoned to Rome by then-Pope Paul III, under whose authority he served in several positions within the Vatican. 
Under successive popes, he worked his way up the proverbial ladder until his election as pope in 1572. By then, he had assumed the title of Gregory XIII, after Gregory the Great, one of the first popes to lead the newly established church following the fall of the Roman Empire. Gregory XIII's leadership saw several reforms, including an update of the notorious Index Librorum Prohibitorum, or Index of Forbidden Books, and ordered that cardinals live within their sees, or jurisdictions without exception. Of course, his greatest contribution to date was the commission and adoption of the calendar we use today, and which still bears his name. But the origins of what's become known as the Gregorian calendar date back to 1545, with the convening of the Council of Trent. This extensive meeting of Catholic religious leaders, which was held in the northern Italian city of Trento, and took place in three parts over the ensuing 18 years, brought about several reforms, most notably an update-slash-replacement of the Julian calendar, which, up to that point, had become the standard in Western Europe. When first conceived under the reign of Julius Caesar, it had proven to be quite accurate. But as the years wore on, holidays, religious observances, and both the solstices and equinoxes became increasingly off the mark, so to speak, as they would fall haphazardly and didn't seem to adhere to any set dates. By the 16th century, it had been revealed that it was off by 11 days. To prevent continued lapses in time and to avoid any further confusion, the council agreed to restore the date of the vernal equinox to its natural occurrence, as well as to coincide with the Easter holiday, as they had been in early Christianity at the time of the Roman Empire. This responsibility initially fell onto the shoulders of Pope Paul III, but the work would outlive both his reign and himself. In 1577, under Pope Gregory XIII's orders, a compendium, a sort of brief yet detailed collection of information on a given subject, was sent to astronomers and mathematicians outside the church for their expert analyses and feedback. Among these was the noted Italian mathematician Giuseppe Moletto, as well as the Venetian physicist and mathematician Giambattista Benedetti. These two, along with the other experts consulted, all agreed that the placement of the Easter holiday should be calculated based upon the movements of both the sun and moon. However, these recommendations were ultimately scrapped in favor of a proposal by one Aloysius Lilius, known to posterity simply as Lilio. Lilio's treatise created an ingenious method for calculating the approximate date of Easter each year by adjusting the apexes of the moon. The apex, a medieval form of measurement that relied on lunar cycles, was measured by the age of the moon's phases, which varied from month to month. By moving the starting point for the measuring of epochs from March 22nd on the Julian calendar back to January 1st on the new calendar, the problem of calculating Easter each year was solved at last. In addition, to add even more accuracy to the calendrical reform, Lilio reduced the number of leap years over the course of four centuries from 100 to 97. Thus the Gregorian calendar, so named for Pope Gregory XIII's involvement in its conception, was born and was enacted on October 4th on the Julian, the equivalent of October 15th on the Gregorian calendar, in 1582. As with most new things, this reformed calendar took some getting used to. After all, the Julian calendar had been in place for just over 1,600 years, and not every nation in Western Europe was quick to make the transition. In fact, much of the populace opposed it from the get-go. Tenants feared that their landlords would dupe them out of a week and a half's rent once the new calendar went into effect. The first countries to make the switch were Portugal, Spain, Italy, and Poland, all of whom were Catholic monarchies. Parts of the Dutch Republic, France, Germany, and Switzerland were the next to comply, though it took them a year or two to do so, while Austria and Hungary waited a full five years, finally adopting it in 1587. The Protestant monarchies, on the other hand, with their animosity towards the Catholic Church, held out the longest. It wasn't until 1700 in 1701, over a century after its creation, that most of Protestant Europe went ahead and adopted the Gregorian calendar. By the mid-18th century, most of the Western world had made the switch, but it wasn't until the 20th century that it became the standard internationally. 
Today, we take the calendar for granted, especially given how time seems to fly with each passing year. Yet Pope Gregory's contribution to our measurement and understanding of time cannot be denied. It has become an integral part of our daily lives and routines, and to imagine our society without it would mean complete and utter chaos. The next time you check your datebook, or schedule an appointment, or even glimpse at the date and time on your phone, be sure to spare a passing thought for Lilio, and above all, the man who mandated such a calendar in the first place. As it stands, it's the most accurate calendar to date, and it's likely that it will continue to serve us for centuries to come. Thank you so much for listening. Well, here it is, the final episode of the year. What better way to mark the occasion than by taking a look at the calendar we all know yet take for granted? I'd like to wish all my listeners the very happiest and healthiest of New Year's. I think I speak for all of us when I say that the past couple years have been quite difficult, even unbearable at times, but wherever you are in the world and whatever you're feeling in these unprecedented and uncertain times, know that you're not alone, that there are countless others out there likely experiencing similar feelings and emotions as you. I know I've struggled quite a bit these past two years, but let's continue to hope and pray that things get better and will eventually return to normal. I do so hope you enjoy these podcasts as much as I do making them. They're truly enlightening for me as well as you, and I'm grateful for your continued love and support. This is Chester Sakamoto signing off. See you all in 2022 and have a happy and blessed new year.